You know, we're rolling, we're rolling. Uh, this is a live podcast. We are coming to you for the weekend preview on this Friday. Uh, we had some mishap a second ago, so we're redoing it. Zach just decided we're going to talk about it now. Uh, my internet crashed. So anyway, we are live. We have got an action-packed weekend. We're calling it the weekend preview still, but we're really just recapping. We got coaches getting fired. We got coaches retiring. We got cheaters winning. Uh, we've got all kinds of stuff to just kind of recap going on in the football world. We'll do a little preview of the NFL playoffs, give out some bets, call our yep. weekend. But uh, I think we've got plenty of content to be yelling about. I think we all have something to get off our chests. So yep. without further ado, I think let's start off with how the week started. Michigan. Mm, Michigan. The, boys, the boys were cooking Monday morning. We, we, we're like, you know what? Let's go Washington. We all went Washington money line. Got a big profit boost from DraftKings. Yep. The whole world went Washington money line. I kept, after I took it, I saw, I keep up with a lot of my betting on Twitter and just keeping up on social media, and the whole world took it. Everybody was rooting. There was like a map. I think they were just rooting, yeah. Everybody was <laughs> yeah. rooting for Washington. No, the only the state of Michigan was rooting for Michigan, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, you never want to get that email from DraftKings that says, popular bet in your area, over 70% of the bets are on Washington Moneyline tonight. That should have been our sign to cash out, but oh Yeah, well. people were trying to just put that into existence, I think. Um, for the first half, we had life. I mean, they shouldn't have been in the game. That first half could have been a lot uglier yeah. than it was, to be honest. The whole third quarter as well. I mean, there were, there was, it was a one-score game for the whole third quarter. Basically, and then Washington finally just got tired. I mean, their defense did all they could to stop that run game. Uh, that high-powered offense just finally met their match, yeah. where they could not get explosive plays and, and score all those points, which is what they kind of counted on. Uh, it is sickening. I hate the fact that Michigan Big Ten team has won the national title. Yeah, it makes me feel gross. Same. I mean, I think the game at the end of the day came down to. Uh, Michigan's offense or defensive line uh, got in the backfield pretty much every play, every pass play, and they didn't get a lot of sacks. But but Penix was was obviously just getting it out as quick as possible. There were so many little screens, and he only threw downfield a handful of times, and he connected on one finally. But they just took away a good bit of the offense because the re- receivers just didn't have time to get into the routes. And then the second thing, the big thing was was that running back getting injured. Yeah. After that happened, it was like Washington kind of had no second. Like they they kind of didn't know what to do from there. I think their game plan was we need to run, establish a run game to kind of open up the pass game, keep Michigan's offensive or defensive line honest. It did not work clearly. Whenever their running back got injured in literally like the first play of the game, and after that, it was just like, well, d- Washington's defense played very well. To to be fair. Uh, after the first like after the first quarter, the rest of the game, Washington defense did everything you could have asked them to do. They held Michigan to very few yards, really. Uh, McCarthy did very little that seemed even decent. I mean, Corum was he was the guy that carried him, uh, and uh, what was their second string Edwards? Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, the running backs, that's all they needed because McCarthy is just the most pedestrian national championship winning quarterback of all time, maybe. Yeah, I mean, Michigan has five dudes that are going to be NFL starters on the offensive line. When you've got that plus two good running backs, uh, yeah. that's I think that was the key to the game to me. But yeah, J.J. McCarthy um, is going to get an NFL head coach and GM fired because um, he's going to get overdrafted. He's projected in the top ten. I don't know is he why. Really? Yes. They're, I saw I've like seen, fifth best quarterback. I didn't see top ten. I've seen some mocks where him like going to the Raiders – have fun with him. Maybe it's just a Jim Harbaugh thing where if Jim Harbaugh goes there, he's going to bring in JJ because um, he <laughs> loves JJ. But I've seen some wild – I mean, it's mock draft season. There's some crazy stuff going on. I don't think JJ is going to get drafted in the first round, but <clears throat> there's a lot of hype of well, this quarterback class. I think the obvious comparison is there of the Tom Brady thing. <laughs> but They're like – Really underrated Michigan quarterback who kind of looks pretty mediocre in college, and then all of a sudden, like, has all the skills you need. I that's I just the first thing that pops in your brain when you see this, like, right kind of really pedestrian looking uh, Michigan quarterback who just won a national championship. He looks like a poor man's Daniel Jones to me, like, and that's not a compliment to Daniel Jones, <laughs> definitely not to JJ because Daniel Jones is not good. Yeah. So, like I said, I think he'll get some poor GM and NFL coach fired. Michael Penix, mm-hmm. too. He he regressed quite a bit. He's He hurt his draft stock in a big way. I think he was pretty banged up throughout the game. Yeah. I really, he, every time they showed him, it was like he was limping or he was holding his ribs. I think he got pretty banged up, and then he had no time in the pocket. I don't – he basically didn't run at all, which – I think yeah. Michigan just started leaving spies everywhere. It was like, we dare you to run it. We're just going to like destroy you. He, I, I do think the moment was a little big. He, at the start of the game, he had some opportunities to make some plays and he mm-hmm. missed some throws. And uh, I think there's a reason he's still in college at 24. He didn't really scramble out of the pocket. I don't know a single time he did. He, like, maybe not one time. He apparently isn't much of a rusher anymore. He was he did that a lot at Indiana, and then with all the he's torn at both ACLs and had an ankle injury. He's just not been much of a rushing quarterback at Washington. That was like a lot of people were trying to take his props for rush yards, and people were like, "Whoa, I wouldn't." He doesn't run. Hmm. His line was pretty low. I think it was like sixteen and a half. Well, you would have won that if you took the under. Yeah. Real quick, Tinge, you did mention it a second ago. Uh, what does happen to Jim Harbaugh? You said something about NFL. There's speculation out there. Yeah, um, I, I don't think he's gonna stay. He's, I think he's got. He's gonna. He's already gonna have to deal with suspension for the recruiting violations, um, and then I think he's gonna get some added on for the sign stealing stuff. Mm-hmm. I think he's done all he can do now. He's achieved the ultimate goal in college football. And so now he's like, okay, now I want to go win a Super Bowl because he was a very good NFL coach too. Um, so I do think he's going to take it to the NFL now. This is the perfect chance. I mean, he's been flirting with it for a few years. He's interviewed for a few teams and not taking it. Um, this would be the year to do it with all the openings. Yeah, I think going out on top like this, uh, we saw this with Pete Carroll. He got into some NCAA investigation stuff and went to the NFL. 
And then we are recording this on the day that he also got let go. We have so much stuff to go over. It's insane. That was a shocker to me. Uh, but before we move on to NFL, we did have another uh, head coach, a retired head coach now. Yeah, we're kind of burying the lead here, which sounds crazy <laughs> when we we started with a national championship game. Yeah. Uh, but really, the lead just broke. We're recording this on Wednesday night uh, about – maybe an hour ago, uh, the news broke that um, Hitler is dead. Oh, wait, just kidding. <laughs> Nick Saban is dead. I saw, some, I saw some memes, and it was people holding up, like, the Hitler is dead newspapers. <laughs> uh, um, Nick Saban retires. Uh, he's not dead, but he is retired. And, uh, boy, does this change, like... I don't. I think it's hard to overstate what this means for college football as as a whole. Like you're yeah. talking about the biggest coaching vacancy that's existed in college football in decades. All of a sudden, the winningest, maybe a lot of people would say the best college football coach ever, no longer coaching. A college football playoff this year coach is not is not there anymore, and and so what you're talking about is this huge hole left at Bama now that's going to get filled by someone. Um, and it's going to be filled by presumably another huge head coach around the nation, which is going to bankrupt another team. And they're doing this all <clears throat> in a spot where in the world of NIL, uh, we're going to see more movement here than I think we've probably ever seen people moving out, people moving in, depending on who the coach is. This is kind of unprecedented in the fact that this is such a huge program. I mean, they're they're not on the downslope at all. He kind of retired at the top, which uh, I think there's some comparisons to be made about Bill Belichick, who seems to be on the opposite track, um, where he's kind of going downhill at the end of his career. Nick Saban was in the playoffs. I mean, they, he didn't win, but went out. But went out as a playoff coach with a with a really really good team, a really good team coming in, leaves on top. All of a sudden, you have uh, <laughs> something crazy. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, the coaching search rumors are already out there. I was talking to Tinsley before that I, I and he had heard of maybe a similar rumor that I, I don't think Bama is dumb enough. To not have a plan for this. Um, I, don't, I don't think Nick Saban just sprung this on them. I think there's they, they announced a team meeting, mandatory team meeting, uh, when they announced it. And I would be just shocked if that team meeting didn't, didn't consist of Nick Saban's retiring. Here is your new head coach. Do not enter the transfer portal. Because you know that as soon as people hear, oh, you're multi multi dime national championship winner and coach is out. People, the first thing the players think of is, Oh, where am I going to go now? Am I going to go to Georgia to try to win? Am I going to go to Oregon? Am I going to go Ole Miss, whatever. So I think you would be crazy to think that Bama didn't have a new coach already lined up to say, this is your head coach. We're good. You know, don't please don't leave <laughs> almost, you know what I mean? So I don't know. It's crazy stuff. 
The books also agree that Alabama had a plan because they are second betting favorites to win it all next year. Still? So with them being announced that Nick Saban is retired, Mm. they're at plus 600. Georgia is at plus 425. You know what this means for me? That you bet Tennessee plus 4,500 to win it all. That's That's what that means. (laughs) Go ahead, Tens. What's your thought? They got to come to Neyland next year, baby. New head coach. That's right. Good luck uh, with that. Yeah. Buy tickets now. I, <laughs> uh, I was just saying, I agree with Zach. I, I, I definitely don't think Bama is dumb enough and saving it, springing on them. Whoever it is, is they've already pretty much said, hey, we've we've got it covered. Please don't leave. Um, the betting favor right now is Dan Lamping, or Lanning, sorry, um, from Oregon. It's kind of the name I've heard as well. Um, yeah. From, from some sources that I am in touch with on the Bama side of things. I've got sources on the Twitter streets. Um, so, and he is plus 300 right now. If you can bet, Tennessee doesn't let you bet on stuff like that, but we got listeners all across the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my, I think my favorite coaching hire there would be Urban Meyer. Just, just because <laughs> it's evil replacing evil at that point. Um, so that's just my two cents. I'd love to see urban there. Yeah. I think that would be great for everyone involved, but maybe not Bama, but everyone else would benefit from that for sure. No, I think Bama would urbans can still buy some players. Okay. So here's, I guess here's a real question, um, to, to both of our NFL experts. Do you see any NFL coaches jumping down to this? Do you think it's a more attractive job than some NFL jobs? Let's maybe let's frame it that way. Mm. Do you ever even see that also? That's a good point. Well, who was it? Was it Jim Harbaugh that left from the 49ers to Michigan? Is that the last like NFL head coach that kind of made that like step to that you always see college go to NFL but not not uh nfl to college as much but that's a good point zach i never even thought of that yeah i mean you could see maybe like a fired coach who's a little bit younger who's gonna try and get back in the nfl um or maybe mike vrabel no mike vrabel does Mm. not have the patience to deal with college kids and nil Um, (laughs) he likes to deal with grown professionals and he's gonna get to pick his job uh in the nfl don't worry we'll be there Uh, but I don't know, I, I, maybe like a young coordinator that we're not aware of that's going to try and make a name for themselves takes that Bama job. Cause it is, it's definitely a, it can be a step stool to get into the NFL, but I don't know. I don't think Bama's interested in that. I think Bama is looking out for their brand and they're going to hire someone who is committed to being their long-term dominating the 12 man playoff and, and keeping that machine rolling. So that's why I think they'll stick to <clears throat> someone that's already in the college realm. I think there's a couple different arguments, and, and I think this could be an interesting experiment. I, I, I think you can maybe argue that at this point, someone in the college realm already understands kind of the NIL in the, in the transfer portal and the recruiting process more than someone in the NFL would. But I, I also think that college players are becoming, I mean, most they're at the big time programs. A lot of the players are basically professional athletes already. Like they're making lots of money They're You're managing huge, like 
people who are making a lot like potentially seven figures, some of them. So um, I do think that's different for a college coach nowadays than what it used to look like. I will say if there was one player, if there, if there was one person who I would be shocked that took this job, it would be Dabo Sweeney. I think because I just, I think I would be shocked. I, I've heard it thrown around a little bit just because he's one of that premier kind of head coach talents. Because I, I just think he doesn't have what it takes to coach at a school like Bama who plays in the SEC and his dislike of the portal and things like I just don't think that that culture kind of fits at the Alabama, the whole thing. And so I think a Kiffin or a Dan Lanning, I don't know. Lanning has really been faithful to Oregon and has said he will be. Bama opening up could be a once in a lifetime kind of kind of jump for someone yeah. like Lanning. So what I don't was know. The other job that opened that Lanning was oh, it was Texas A and M. Yeah, A and M. He said definitely not to A and M, but A and M is a dumpster fire. Right, like Bama they have been. Bama's like you go there and you win, you become a great. And he's a good coach, and he can recruit. He's proven it. Yeah, I mean, he could really make a name for himself. I I really lean that way. He could he could take that job and run with it. Zach, you said Dabo doesn't have what it takes to coach at Alabama. Dabo doesn't have what it takes to coach at potentially. Clemson. Potentially, um, I mean, every coach is going to have a down year. I mean, but that is definitely an argument. Who knows? Maybe it, he is. He's just not suited for today's game anymore. If you That's look possible. at the if you look at the national championship teams he had, uh, just go look at their NFL talent. It's yeah. it's it's off the walls. Like how many players that that played on both sides of the ball, and there's yeah. a lot of stuff that comes out. Like at Clemson, like uh, Travis Etienne's talked about. It. He's like, we didn't really like practice a lot of fundamental stuff. We just played football. Like there weren't a ton mm-hmm. of structured plays. It was just, hey T Higgins, you you go this way, and Trevor will hit you deep. And Travis Etienne was like, y'all block. I'll find a way to get in the end zone. I mean, it was, it was just like gather the best players and just let them like run around and and they did i mean they like the acc people (laughs) they've got starting nfl players all over that team so maybe there's a little it's a little bit valid that Dabo. i don't think he can come in and and out coach a lot of these sec teams well you're coming so bama is is coming into a season where they have to play georgia in the regular season uh, for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they're in Neyland Stadium, which that's obviously a game I'm thinking about. Yeah, maybe you're not, but I am. And so uh, you're coming into a situation where the SEC is all of a sudden expanding as well, has pulled Oklahoma and Texas in, and it's going to be tougher than ever to win. I think even a coach like Dan Lanning, putting them into that in a, with a, in a first year, where I think no matter who you plug in to that role, you're going to lose people. Like even if it's Dan Lanning, you're going to lose guys to Georgia. You're going to lose guys to Ole Miss. Hopefully you lose guys to Tennessee. I mean, people are going to, are going to leave. Yeah. Because they want, they only went there for Nick Saban anyways. Like that, that was the whole thing, you know? And whoever they bring in is going to want to bring in his own guys too. And that's going to, a lot of guys are just going to say, well, I'm not going to compete where I've already been here. I'll just leave. Um, could be over just, over Dan Lanning's Oregon guys. Yeah, that's, right. I think that could be true. I just saw a very fun stat 
to kind of put a cherry on top of the evil that is Nick Saban. Under Nick Saban, Alabama had more players drafted in the first round, 44, than it had losses in his whole tenure, 29. Yeah, that's gross. I saw that as well. That's wild. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's... So I so maybe yeah maybe to put a bow on the Nick Saban uh, we we could probably talk about this for a long time because well two two things one um, <clears throat> if Dan Landing leaves then there's a huge hole left to Oregon which is also a premier coaching job if Jim Harbaugh leaves to the NFL Michigan. there's going to be a, I mean that could be like three of the top ten coaching spots in the nation that are in flux all of a sudden in an off season like. Bama, Michigan, Oregon, potent like potentially, that are all. You can imagine that the players are all going to be moving. Ever like it's going to be. Like we think the portal is crazy right now, but if you imagine what's going to happen, I just you hope that those, they don't all go to Colorado. Boy, would that be bummer <laughs> for all of you us. know those you know those boards like on NCIS or CI like any of those shows where they have a big board and there's all these like strings that are going across yeah. it and attached each way. I feel yeah. like that's what it's going to be like from now on. Like you can't even keep up and the amount of names that changes each day. You're like, wait, where'd that player There's going to be more than like free agency. And sometimes yeah. I have trouble with that because it changes so much in the NFL, but this is going to be insane. I just don't think it's ever happened where, where a coach in a position like that has left where the, the team was not like in shambles. Right. And so it's kind of unprecedented to see what's going to, some team is going to end up getting screwed over completely. And they're going to have a garbage coach replace a really good coach because that really good coach went and filled one of the other vacancies. So um, someone, someone somewhere down the line is going to end up with a garbage head coach yeah. because there's left for, for greener pasture somewhere. So it's, it's a good thing. Our listeners have us to keep them on track of everything we're that's on going it. on. We're on it. We're hitting the streets. We're, we're in here trying to figure out what's what the heck is going on and what are the odds though by friday morning that we already this is all resolved and we already know who it pretty maybe decent i, feel I think like we're breaking news too early maybe <laughs> maybe yeah i think by friday afternoon uh we'll at least we'll know like what's going on with hardball i think he'll announce he's doing the nfl yeah and probably bama's job will be filled by then but who knows maybe not I would be surprised. Okay, I will. We'll, we'll leave this with this with a stat. Um, I have a, I have some interesting stats about Nick Saban's um, career at Alabama, and then we'll be done talking about him. Uh, he said, um, <clears throat> "When when Nick Saban arrived from 2007 until now, uh, Alabama's enrollment increased from 25,000 to 40,000 in the last like 15 years. It's good for business. It says it's a 60% jump." in attendance uh, compared to uh, a 10% national average. And it said most, a lot of those students were out of state uh, people coming from out of state just to come to school there. And I mean, that increase is insanity. And so they said Alabama paid him about $130 million over the course of his uh, 16 seasons. But they said, if you kind of think about all of the out of state tuition and all the increase in tuition, like he could have been worth about a billion dollars to the university of Alabama when it's, what's all said and done. So Nick Saban has ruined my life for most of my lifetime, but you know, he's, he's gone now. 
he's gone. Hallelujah. This will go down as like a holiday for you, Zach. Like you'll have to celebrate every like January 10th, Uh, like as a holiday. I made the joke to in a group chat that all I need is uh, Bill Belichick to retire or get fired. And then the two people who just uh, destroyed my entire football life so far over and over again will be gone. Hallelujah. Get him out of here. All right, well, speaking there's, of there's Saban, yeah, all that craziness. Yeah, so nothing is announced on Bill Belichick yet. There's lots of rumors swirling around, so we're not going to really talk about that because there's nothing to talk about yet. But Black Monday, it's a very popular thing. The Monday after the NFL season, regular season wraps up, uh, we got a lot of firings going on. Some of them were pretty obvious coming down the pike. Uh, we'll just kind of touch on a few of the obvious ones before we get into the to the big boy. Uh, Falcons have let go. Arthur Smith kind of knew that was coming. They kind of the NFL season, like regular season, ended at eleven twenty three when the game, the Bills game, ended. Uh, the Falcons, when they could actually like fire a coach, was twelve oh two a.m. So it took <laughs> nine minutes <laughs> to fire yeah, Arthur Smith. That's and they did tough. it on their social media. I don't really see that that often. Like they like posted it as a, like a post. Like you're pr- like you should have proud moments on a post. I don't know. That's just for another day. I feel like NFL and Adam Schefter should like post that, not like your team, unless you unless there's something in it for you. I don't really know how that works, but I just you're I feel like it's like yeah, we fired a coach like yeah. as a post. Like I want to give the news out. You know, they're trying to get their engagements up. Try to get a check from Elon real quick. That's right. Well, um, yeah, that happened in real quick. Started quick. the Black Monday off. Um, Go ahead. Not, I was gonna say, not surprising. He's kind of underperformed with, especially as much offensive talent they've invested in in the draft. You would think they'd perform a little better, but they don't have a quarterback, so it's not really Arthur Smith's fault. But it is what it is. Um, so that's a pretty good opening for a job right there. Commanders let go Ron Rivera. That was obvious. He was kind of dead man walking all year. Yeah. Um. New ownership before the season started, new yep. GM. So kind of made it super obvious that they weren't going to keep Ron Rivera around. Uh, we touched on it just a little bit, but Pete Carroll uh, is let go by the Seahawks in a move that's more – that they haven't said he's like fired. It's more of a he's going to transition into a front office role. I think a lot of people kind of forget that Pete Carroll is like 74 or something like that. He's He's getting up there. And I think they just wanted a kind of a fresh start. The Seahawks are going into a, a transition period with their team where they're going to um, be drafting the quarterback of the future. They've got a lot of young pieces, and I think they wanted to just kind of have a fresh start with a new coach. Um, but it's crazy. I mean, Pete Carroll's been there for, I think, since 2010. Yeah. Uh, I, I can double check that, but I, I even with his age, I either thought he was going to retire or like I did, or just keep coaching with them because of how much like got him got him to a Super Bowl. Keep you coaching know, like, till when, Mason? Till he uh, died? No, like re, well, either he just till he reco- retired. <laughs> but yes, I could. Let me see uh, how long he's been coaching with them while you continue. So go oh. Ahead. Uh, so I mean that's that's it. Other than um, the Mac Daddy of them all, there's a few that I'm still kind of wa- waiting on. I think the Saints are going to make a move. 
2010. Ooh, nailed it. Your boy out here. Um, but yeah, so those are all the coach coaching openings right now. On top of we had the Panthers fire their coach in the middle of the season, the Chargers. Um, those were the only two, right? Middle middle of the season firings. Yeah, uh, there's six openings so. right now, and the Patriots can make it seven. Oh wait, there's one more. Panthers, Raiders, Chargers. Yeah, Raiders. Forgot about them. It's easy to forget about them. It's fine. Um, so listen, are we gonna do this or what? Let's just go ahead. Let's, let's do no, this first. No more. Let's. Why don't before yeah. you're before you're sad? Why don't you? Why don't you make fun of me a little bit? I deserve it. Okay. Well, let's talk about it because you went all the it. way to you went all the way to Nashville. You brought yeah. your good luck charm, your wife Morgan. She hat. has, she won, the The team has won every game she's been at, correct? No, we actually went to the Houston game in Jacksonville this year oh, and they lost. Tough. So her streak right. was well, over. We were trying to start okay. a new one. Well, it starts like you're starting a new one and that would be the losing streak. <laughs> oh, got him. Got him. I was proud of that. No, listen, um, I predicted it wrong. I thought the Bears were going to just play upset. I feel like if you're in the division, they do those division games at the end of the week on purpose uh, because even if you have nothing to win for, like get into the playoffs, you still have something to win for when it comes to bragging rights. The Lions took that away from the Packers last year. I talked about it last week. And the Titans took that away from the Jags this season. And the Steelers and the Bills like gained from that a little bit. Um, but it was, it was a game where I just felt like they were going to run Derrick Henry into the ground, which they did because it was his farewell. It wasn't a secret. He had a microphone at the end. It's like, and it was a worst kept secret. I should have bet him to like have over a hundred and like 30 yards. Cause it would have cash. Cause he had like 150 something, a couple touchdowns. They wanted him to go out on top and it was just, it, I don't. I look. I found out so many stats about the Jags and how their losing streak actually started this downfall when after the game after you and I went to the Pittsburgh uh, game in Pittsburgh because a lot of um, there's a lot of stats about the the curse of the terrible towel and Tinsley if you can't see it because it's a podcast but he is doing the terrible towel thing because there's like a legitimate like people showing videos of like how teams when they disrespect the towel there's been idiot teams out there that have stomped on the towel and then they go through this horrible losing streak so uh what was the player we we were we were actually talking do you wingard uh stole a terrible towel from a fan in the stands after a big interception in the game uh he started waving it around um the only counter i have to the terrible towel curse is the curse of the Jacksonville Jaguars front off, or just organization? Mm. I think I think I think we are worse of a curse than that towel because we can't help but just be in our own way at all times. We have a little bit of success last year, and then we come into this year thinking that we're way better than we are. Our defense acts like they're the greatest defense on earth, and then what happened the last five weeks of the year? We got ran all over. Good job. You got our defensive coordinator fired because of it. Good job, boys. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm angry. You guys did clean house a little bit. Uh, a little. 
Not all. Not as much as you wanted. Tens once more. My New Year's resolutions are still alive. Um, I've you know there's some stuff that's cooking. Trevor met with ownership yesterday. There's some there's a power struggle going on right now between our head coach and GM. Somebody's Mm going to lose. We're going to find out who. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm hoping the GM gets fired. I will gladly. I know I said it. I wanted Trent Baalke, the GM, and our offensive coordinator fired as my New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out Doug's not going to let the prep, the office coordinator get fired. So if I have to deal with him to get rid of Bulky, I'll take half of a resolu- resolution. No. Half of one. Half. I accept it. That's where I stand. That's where I stand. I'm not, I'm very upset. I'm still grieving. It's not been a fun week for me. I work with nothing mm. but Titans fans at UPS. Um, they were blowing up my phone Sunday during the game. I turned it off for a little while. I was not trying to talk to them. <laughs> well, it's not a banner week for Titans fans either. So, Because here's the thing. I have several listeners of the podcast attacking my fandom. They're going to be <laughs> upset that I did not drag you enough for us beating you guys. But do I really have anything to celebrate after? And that's a, that's a perfect podcast transition right there. I do. Yeah, because I, yeah, I, I, I have a meme for you. So you beat okay. the Jags. You made us lose the AFC South. No playoffs. It's the Thanos meme. You got it. Yep. But what did it cost you? Well, what did it cost you guys? Everything. 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 Derek it's Henry. all gone. Derek Variable. Henry. Variable. Tannehill. Everything good about didn't the tra- didn't, tra- didn't trade anything away. <laughs> Andre Hopkins. Didn't trade anything away at all. Um, so let me start this out, and I want to give Zach time as well because Zach's been a mm. long, uh, long time Titans fan. True. Um, let's see what I want to start out <laughs> with because I so I sent a GIF with the SpongeBob holding his hands, like staring into the abyss, looking just in shambles. That's how I feel right now. Um, Here's the thing. If you are waiting for me to say that I am not a fan of the Titans anymore, I have thought about this long and hard. (laughs) And here's the thing. If I decide to leave the Titans, and during my lifetime, they end up winning a Super Bowl, or they become good again, and you and mm. I want to get back in. If anybody does that, I have no respect for you as a fan because mm. you left during their hardest moments. Tinsley knows he he muted his mic, but he can chime back in. He has gone through some of the and I've been there for it. He has gone through some of the worst times of the Jags, like yeah. as a franchise. I rooted for Blaine Gabbard on purpose for years. Watch you all had, the games. You had a fantasy team called Bortles Combat because you drafted him. Stuff. Because <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. there's no there's no Blake Bortles slander on this podcast. But listen, He's you just slandered him, Tids. Oh, I was making a Blaine Gabbert. They're different. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, it might be the same, but they're different. They both they blend together in my brain. It's just like the most mediocre quarterback of all time. It's pretty good. So here's the thing. I will not become that person that will leave in a time of... Because what's going to happen, Tens, when the Jags win a Super Bowl, we're speaking into existence here, If they like when they win a Super Bowl, how much more sweeter will it be that you went through all the hard times 
than if you would have left, rooted for another team or rooted for another player or whatever, and then you came back when they start becoming good again. It's not going to mean as much. It's not going to be meaningful to you. It's going to mean more. True fandom. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's a. That's that's interesting. I'll be talking about that this off season. Yeah, it's something that uh, Tennessee fans understand well. Um, I think we. I also understand the going through the, the tough seasons, the really the really bad seasons, and so I think there is a certain something to fans who who are who are in it in the depths, and then you come back out on top, and it, it makes it, it it's a different feeling whenever you you emerge from that you know yep. as like as a good you felt that last year as a Tennessee fan um yep. whenever they were kind of on the run like man you know I I was a, I was a student there during the low low times the Butch Jones times you know and so to emerge and maybe this is a little bit of a teaser for some a series we have coming up on the weekend preview about uh, fandom, and we're going to be interviewing some people about who the teams they're fans of and things like that. But it is an interesting thing about the most passionate fan bases are usually the ones who have gone through like really rough season of being horrible. Yeah. Cubs got, fans, Cubs yeah, fans Cubs are what fans, I think of. I think yeah. I'm really rooting for the Lions this year in the playoffs as well uh, because it's like they've seen some bad stuff for the last <laughs> ten years, you know. And yeah. uh, you're 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 rooting for them as well. So, so I will say I want to take like thirty seconds just to. I feel like there had to be some type of disagreement with uh, the owner, the front office, all that stuff with Vrabel because on constantly my Twitter is blown up of everybody saying this is the best head coach available at the time at this moment right now. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't make sense if you take his what he has done and just make him available to another team out there. Yeah. Um, real quick, I have his stats. 2020 AFC champ, 2021 AFC champ, number one seed in 2021 season, AFC championship appearance, 2021 coach of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. He has had a little bit of a downfall, but don't like, I don't know. I just feel like you're jumping the gun a little bit. Maybe if he had a one or two more like horrible seasons, but you were, you went and drafted Will Levis. This looked like a rebuild from the get go. So it's like, I don't yeah. understand what you wanted him to do. He ended up like ha- still having a decent record. He didn't have number one draft pick type record. So right. that's all I'm going to say with that. That took longer than 30 seconds. Uh, yeah. But well, I think, so I think Titans fans, the problem is, and the reason people I've, I've seen some of the most like dedicated fans I know who are just like, are the Titans like, can I stick around? I think the problem is it feels like they've done it to themselves in a lot of ways, like going all the way back to when they, uh, when they traded AJ Brown, who has emerged as just like, I mean, he's a star. I mean, like we knew it, they traded him. And then when they traded away, Kevin Byard earlier this season, yeah. Um, and then when they drafted Malik Willis and Will Levis back to back, who most fans just recognize immediately were just kind of mediocre quarterbacks. And then you let go of Vrabel uh, and basically got not, like, it just feels like you're cutting away. Let Derrick Henry just go without trading him away. It just, it feels like they're just tanking. All, like It literally feels like a tanking situation. 
Yeah. Uh, when it's so, I 100%. think it, the fact that it feels like they're doing it to themselves is, is what makes it feel like hardest to root for them in this situation of like, what are you like? What are you doing? What's right. your goal? Because they still. The thing that confuses me is is you had a coach who's proven and is great. I mean, I think Vrabel is one of the top-tier coaches in the league. You're going into the offseason with $80 million in cap room, which is near the top of the league, so you could probably get whatever free agents you want. Um, and then on top of that, you have a top-10 draft pick with some other draft picks in there too from some of the few trades you've made. So you were set up to not even be in a tanking situation next year, but – yeah, truly see what you have in Will Levis by putting some weapons around him, um, and then having a head coach that's proven. But now it does feel like you're starting all over. Like it's a it's an ordeal where you're going to hire a head coach that's not proven. You're you're trusting a GM in his full like full off first off season to make the right choices, the draft and cap yeah. space wise. When you kind of had somewhat of a proven thing still around i feel like there could have been a mix of both but the you know it's rapes and and the gm couldn't get along apparently they didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things yeah um which is tough i mean i don't i'm i'm not mad to see variable go i think he's going to be able to pick whatever head coaching job he wants 100 um, percent. i hope it's in the nfc so i don't have to see him that often because he <laughs> is a legitimately great coach I will want to end with this. Am I not allowed to show my frustration on the fact that this team is like Zach said, tanking? I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna send text and group texts and things. I'm gonna be frustrated, but I don't want, or I hope that I just ask the listeners to. I'm still a fan, okay? It's just going to be a frustrating moment from the second I watched Mayo Boy get drafted <laughs> to the second that That's we tough. didn't trade Derrick Henry away. We traded we, – it's just – it's been frustrating. And if you're a Titans fan, you should agree with me. I mean, we have candidates out there that I'm I'm literally asking, and I've asked it in the group text. I've asked it in text messages, or I'm asking it verbally, like, at work. Is this person legitimately better than Vrabel? Like, are we asking, are we literally saying an interim coach or a defensive coordinator? We'll have to wait and see, but is that coach legitimately better than Vrabel? And I'm going to disagree until they prove me wrong. Yeah. And I feel like I have the right to, to say that. So it's hard to imagine. That's it. For sure. I know 10, I feel like 10s probably had like a little bit of hope of drafting me as a Jags fan. Um, he, <laughs> he convinced my wife, but I'm standing strong until. I, until I finally give in, but it's not, I, it's not going to happen. Go ahead. I, I wouldn't accept. I wouldn't accept uh, as much as I joke around about you being <laughs> a Titans fan um, or a Jaguars fan. I, I know, I know what it means to stick with your team when they're bad. And then when they are good, like that feeling, um, I watched it when they were one game they were literally like a quarter away from getting to a Super Bowl. Yeah. I watched how like I don't know, it's just it's a different feeling seeing how the struggles and then when they're finally good, it's we'll get there eventually. Will it be like when I'm like 55 years old perhaps, but we'll get there eventually. So <laughs> So I feel like that's a good bow on what's going on with the Titans. I'm sure we will have another update once they do hire a new head coach. Um, but we bid farewell to Vrabes. Yeah, and we have playoffs this weekend. We of do, all the stuff, so. We're 43 minutes in, and we haven't even mentioned the playoffs. It's crazy. It's, it's a wild week. We do have some amazing storylines as far as NFL playoffs go. Um, 
I'm going to kick off with Stafford's going back to Detroit just a few mm. years after getting traded to the Rams. He wins the Super Bowl with the Rams. He was like the golden boy of Detroit. He was the definition of, man, if we could ever put a team around this guy, he'd win. Like He was so good. He put up all the stats, but those teams were just terrible. And now he had, now they you know they traded him. They they had a big reset, a big tank, and and kind of rebuilt their team. And now they're in the playoffs themselves. But so is the team that they traded him to. Um, this is going to be, I think, my my favorite game of the weekend. Um, I am just gonna go ahead and announce now that I am on the Rams um, mm. all the way to the Super Bowl. Wow. That, yep, that took is a feature on him today. He did. He showed it to me. Stafford MVP or a uh, Super Bowl MVP. So ram up, baby. Sam Laporta got hurt last week, so In that is also a big game. hit. Yeah, that is a big hit. Uh, Zach is rooting for the the Lions. I feel like a lot of people are. You got to keep in mind on what the Rams have accomplished and then what they've done this season with uh, Puka Nakua. Nakua? Yep, Puka Nakua. Yeah, and so that's 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 gonna be a, a fun game. I feel like that's also my matchup of the week. That's why we're not doing matchups of the week is because we agree. So let's move ahead. Well, Zach, did you have something to say? Go ahead, Zach. No, I didn't have anything to add. Uh, okay, you were agreeing. So I much agreeing. I was agreeing with you. I think that's gonna be okay. a great matchup. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Ten. So let's move on to the next uh, matchup. Got it. So Packers are going to be visiting the Cowboys. Uh, this is significant because they've they've kind of had a, a, a budding rivalry in the playoffs the last few times they've met up. Um, the Packers are the youngest team in the NFL. Mm. Jordan Love following in the footsteps of Aaron Rodgers, who's followed in the footsteps of Brett Favre. Uh, Aaron or uh, Jordan Love had an amazing year. Um, really, has come on in the last end. The last little bit here got the team into the playoffs. Um, like him as a player, but Mike McCarthy was a longtime head coach of the Packers, so it's just storylines after storylines. You've got the the Des Bryant was it a catch fiasco? That's kind of what started it all, where NFL refs stopped knowing what catches were back in the day. In this same matchup, Cowboys versus Packers, so a lot of history between these two teams. Um, Going to be an exciting matchup. I think the Cowboys end up winning it just because it's a little early maybe for the Packers. Like I said, they're the youngest team in the NFL, but they're definitely a team to watch out for. Um, but should still be a fun matchup. All, all these playoff matches outside of Bills-Steelers, I think are going to be good games to watch. That game's not going to be a good game to watch. The Bills are going to be up 20 at half. Hope Whispers, sidebar, I hope I'm wrong and the Steelers win. That could be like a actual upset. I could see it happening. Because the, the upsets are the ones that you least think. But uh, how about one team that we've least thought would even be here with a quarterback that we least thought was going to even be in the NFL? And that would be Joe yep. Flacco and the Browns against a, a team. Yeah, go ahead. Against what team, Tens? Uh, just the team that the Browns sold their future and their soul to. They get Deshaun Watson. Yeah, uh, trading away multiple first and second round picks, giving Deshaun Watson the biggest contract in NFL history to trade for troubled quarterback of the Texans, Deshaun Watson, only for it to happen a couple years later. The Texans have not only found their replacement for Deshaun Watson, but 
seemingly like very good quarterback his rookie year. Broke lots of records. Kid's going to be a problem. Uh, C.J. Stroud and the Texans against the Browns. But Joe Flacco, straight off the couch. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, who has had the most wild card wins by any starting quarterback of all time? Oh, I guess it's our guy, Cool Joe. Joe Flacco with five. And he could go up by two wins. Brett Favre, Dan Marino, and Tom Brady all have four. So you're looking at Joe Flacco having one more than them and possibly two if they pull this win out against the Houston Texans. Hmm. I like that stat. I might, have another, one. I might have another one for you here in a minute during best bets. Uh, but that should be a good game. I really like this. This The NFL, if the script, you know, if people joke about the script writers, uh, they're really on it this this first round of the playoffs. We've got storylines everywhere out here. Uh, I guess they kind of put the bow on them. Uh, Tyreek Hill returning to Arrowhead mm-hmm. with the Dolphins. His first time playing there since being traded away um, from the Chiefs when he didn't want to be, but he wanted some money. So he said, trade me, and the Dolphins went and got him. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be that effective in the game because it's going to be negative degrees and high winds. So it's going to be a gross game. And since we're already here, should I just go ahead and give my breakdown with the parlay leg? Because I'm feeling pretty confident about this. Tinsley talked about it. Negative degree temperatures might be the coldest game in NFL history, on record at least. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus four and a half. Two weeks ago, I said I would take whatever team blindly is against the Dolphins. Well, guess what, everybody? I stand by that. Do what? I said yeah. he's a man of his word. That's right. I stand by it. Um, I just the, It's the Dolphins, and I don't believe in them. I think that they're frauds. And guess what? They choked away the win last week at home against the Bills to have home-field advantage to play them again. And now you're having to go to Kansas City where it's supposed to be negatives. And uh, one fun stat for you about Tua. He's horrible in cold-weather games, Zacharoni. Uh, I'm sure everybody's yep. seen the stat by now, but Tua is 0-4 in games where the temperature is lower than 40 degrees. <clears throat> That's wild. The team itself is 0-10. and 10. Uh, It's kind of crazy that teams. the Dolphins there's, there's, are playing for a chance to either play in Miami or in like some 10-degree temperature. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I would love to know what Miami's going to be, like 70s, <clears throat> 60s? Yeah, it's crazy. Or negative degree, and you just had one win to to not be in that situation. So that go, go ahead and put that in as your parlay. If you still believe in us, hopefully you do, because this one's going to hit. Oh, Minus four and a half good. for the game. I would do it now, too. I'm, I apologize. We're like two days in advance here, so hopefully the line doesn't move, and if it does, hopefully it moves in your favor, but we got it at Chiefs minus four and a half. All right. I'm going to just knock out my best bet real quick because it's it's short, sweet. I already kind of touched on it. Uh, Rams money line. I think this mm. team has, has sneaky dark horse Super Bowl ability. Um I think they're loaded. Their offensive line is great. Their defense is sneaky, good, where they're kind of underrated, where they've lost Jalen Ramsey and some other big-name guys. They still have Aaron Donald over there and a lot of rookies performing really well. Um, 
So they're they're winning in the trenches. I think the the Lions defense has been very suspect all year, and you've got a passing offense with uh, Matthew Stafford at full strength right now, and a running back in Kyron Williams who no one saw coming. It was a fifth round pick a couple years ago, um, exploded onto the scene this year. He took over as the starter. He missed some games, but still went over a thousand yards rushing. Um, so I think they're a very complete offense, and Sean McVay. Is a very good coach. So I think the Lions are in a tough spot here, especially losing Sam Laporta, a big part of their offense, in a meaningless game. I think that's a very dumb decision by Dan Campbell. Um, but what do you expect from a guy whose motto is we're going to bite people's knees cap, kneecaps off? What can you say? So that is my best bet. <clears throat> that is separate from my parlay leg. My parlay leg – I'm not moving it. I'm not taking the juice. I'm going Browns minus two and a half. Um, quarterbacks making their first playoff start are 25 and 40. That's 38 and a half percent against the spread since 2002. The Browns mm. have one of the best defenses in the league. I like CJ Stroud. He's put up points. He's played very well as a rookie. This Browns defense is not something to that you're just going to be able to beat up on. I mean, it's just not. They're they're going to take away what you like to do best. Miles Garrett is going to be rushing and coming at C.J. Stroud. And the Browns' offense is amazing under Joe Flacco, and the Texans' defense is a little suspect. So I love the Browns here at minus 2.5. I'm not moving it. I think that's just great value. Yeah, I gave a stat earlier about Joe Flacco, but I want to also, like you touched on the defense, just overall, I think that they can pull out this win. So, so with, the, with the points, of course. But what is the third leg, Tens? All right, so we're looking for a third leg. We know our boy Zach does not bet on the NFL. This is true. I don't. College football's <clears throat> over. Yeah, I, I just I don't want to – I feel like my my gut tells me to leave the NFL betting to the professionals. Mm. You know, I don't think I know enough to contribute here. I don't want to give you guys bad picks, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna rely on my on my boys here. Uh, I really want Zach. Sorry to interrupt. I really want him to bet NASCAR in the in yeah, the spring maybe. and summer. Maybe I'll do a little Just bit of research. Sport. Just pick yeah. something. Yeah, do some research. He got into F1 I there did. for a while. So maybe F1 racing, NASCAR, something fun. He needs a new sport besides – we need to rely on something. College basketball, okay. you got the stats, you or your gut. Sorry, he actually had no stats. It was all about what his gut and what his heart was telling him. <laughs> you don't need so stats in college. That, that, that gut, it's, it knows what it's doing. But <laughs> go ahead, Tins, with that, with that leg. Yeah, so as we were sitting here, we are trying to come up with our third leg. I said, Mason, if you don't have one that you love – I've got something mm-hmm. to finish off the parlay. We're going to call it the cherry on top. We're going to roll with not plus three. We're going to go Buccaneers money line, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Um, I think this Eagles team is falling apart. They got injuries everywhere. Jalen Hurts is banged up. AJ yep. Brown is banged up. Uh, I banged up. You mean has a broken finger that was like obviously dislocated? Just, yeah, that's Ugh. disgusting. Yeah. And then on top of it, they're like changing their defensive coordinators between Matt Patricia and the other, the original guy. Like they're swapping back and forth. 
Offensive coordinator Brian Johnson is also interviewing for the Panthers head coaching job. Hmm, a little focused on the future instead of now, would you say? Yeah, I don't know why he's getting a, a interview. His off, the <laughs> offense has fallen sorely down the rankings since uh, Coach Sykin of the uh, the Colts left the Eagles last year after the mm. Super Bowl run. Uh, turns out Nick Sirianni was a little bit of a coordinator merchant. He depended on uh, uh, the Colts head coach and uh, the Cardinals head coach. It seems like they ran the team because uh, Nick Sirianni, uh, the Eagles are running themselves in the ground. And I think when the Bucks beat them this weekend or on Monday night, actually, Nick Sirianni is going to get fired less mm. than a year after going to the Super Bowl. And look for Bill Belichick to take that spot. That's my hot take Holy. of the weekend right there. Okay, Sirianni to Bama? No, no, no. Bill Belichick to Sirianni Eagles. to Bama? Maybe Sirianni <laughs> is tanking. Oh, now you've got a hot take? <laughs> Bama. Oh, Lord, that's really hot. Let's go. <laughs> that's like the hottest sauce at Buffalo Wild Wings it hot. Could be. I was, you never I know. Was the, I really thought I had just said that. I was like, wait, I didn't say that. No, as you were talking, I was like, oh, Sirianni just got fired. Bama opening. <laughs> that would be what a what a world. <laughs> Tinsley has been on the predictions. He has nailed a bunch of them when it comes to the head coaching stuff. So I would not put this one, like, keep I, this one in the back of your brains because this I, one might happen as well. I called Vrabel in July. He did. I didn't want to believe him, but here we are. All right, guys, is that a pod? That might be a pod. Oh, did you cook up the parlay? Uh, I can do it as you're closing us out. Okay, bet. So as Mason's cooking up the parlay, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We've got all of the social medias for the weekend preview. And then make sure you check out our Monday episodes, Messing Around Monday. You don't even have to listen to them in order. You can go in any order you want on Messing Around Mondays. They are literally just for messing around. We're trying to get you through your 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 work day on Mondays. Um, we have a lot of fun with those. Got a lot of fun stuff planned for them this year. Um, so make sure you're checking those out. Wow, this one is juiced, and I love it. Let's take it. Chiefs minus four and a half. Bucks money line. Browns minus two and a half with a total of plus 728. We're trying to make back some of that biggest money we lost, line. baby. That's, That's the biggest part. Right there. Let's take it. All right, lock it in. Hope you guys bet it with us. And um, you guys have a great rest of the weekend. Let's get this going.